What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? We've got some pretty rad events coming up, and I definitely wanted to jump on here really quick and let you guys know about them. May 15th through May 17th in Sonoma County, California. It's going to be the last chance broadhead shoot. Um, It's a three-day event. Everybody gets in Friday afternoon, Friday evening. You know, we hang out, have a good time. Saturday is going to be absolutely awesome there's a pack race and all kinds of other fun events throughout the entire day and sunday is the actual broadhead shoot itself then following that on june 13th in reno nevada is going to be the deadeye outfitters golf tournament i don't have much to say about it unless you were there last year you already know it's insane I hope to see all you guys there. You can either follow West Coast Archery on Instagram at West Coast Archery Shop, or you can follow Deadeye Outfitters at Deadeye Outfitters to find out more about the events. And I look forward to seeing everybody there. I'll tell you, man, this desert wrecks vehicle. <laughs> like nobody's business. How many trucks did Jake say he lost this year? <clears throat> oh. I don't know. I think three trucks needed serious uh, mechanical maintenance. (laughs) I think we went through maybe like 7 to 11 tires, but I can't remember the (coughs) number correctly. A lot. A lot. A lot of miles, too. Just getting back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. So... Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Your name's Dane. Dane, yep. I uh, I grew up in Hawaii, you know, not really in a, around much hunting. You know, my dad guys would go and shoot some birds every once in a while, but it was never a, uh, it wasn't really a family thing by any means. And uh, I always loved it, though. I was always into it. I was always interested in it, and I never knew much about it. And I always loved fishing, you know, I didn't have really anyone around me fishing. I had some buddies that I would tag along with and spent a lot, most of my time growing up fishing. And um, ended up going out to California for college and realized how much opportunity there was out there and just to get outdoors. And, you know, yeah. in Hawaii, you can only drive. I'm on Oahu. You can only drive so far before you're on the other side of the island and it's time to turn around and head back home. Yeah. You know, coming to California, I could drive eight to ten hours and, uh, you know, and you're still not really at the other side yet. And actually, I just, I love that idea of seeing what's out there and, and trying to see it all and get out there. And uh, really experiencing the outdoors here. And there's, I mean, every climate imaginable here. You have the mountains and desert and, you know, whatever, the ocean mm-hmm. and, and everything in between. So when did you first come to California? I came to California in 2000 and, gosh, seven, six. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I had, I had been screwing around at home. I tried to, you know, I tried to go to school back in Hawaii, and it wasn't it wasn't working out for me. And I went up, to, I had some buddies up in Oregon. I checked out Oregon for a little bit. That wasn't working out for me. And uh, 
fortunately got was able to get into a college university down in Long Beach and uh, and I was able to go and move down to California Southern California and I spent most of my time down there and uh, that's how I, that, living down there is when I ended up drawing the elk tag eventually oh um, really that was in 2014 14 that's right I think this is our turn <clears throat> yeah, and then, uh, but just seeing what was out there. I mean, I, I was spending some time out in the eastern Sierras, going going fishing up in the lakes up there, and it was spectacular <laughs> country up there. It just you know it doesn't even feel like California to me half the time. And um, so, and my buddies were you know giving me shit. I ah, just you know at least put in for your tags now. And, and I said, oh, okay, well it's, that's a nice area to probably hunt, hunt an elk. <laughs> right. So I said, I'll give it a try. I'll just plan for out there and the odds are not great i'm not really trying to get drawn right now anyways so when you when you came to california were you did you just start instantly looking into hunting and how to get into you it you know not not instantly but um because it sounds kind of like you're coming into a new area yeah yeah no you i don't mean, really know how to do it or how to get into it no i didn't know anything you right know? so like that's and that's extremely complicated for a lot of people and a big problem for a lot of people that are now getting into hunting later in their life you know <laughs> it's uh it's hard to even just figure out where to start, really. And um, I had I had a buddy who was kind of into a take, would take me out, and he was a bird hunter. So we would go out to the deserts and you know and poke around, try to hunt the quail and chugger, and uh, you know just always being interested. And in I just kept wanting to push, you know, see see what else I could kind of get myself into. And with um, meeting the buddies who were really just saying, oh yeah, just give the sheep thing, a sh-, you know, or the uh, big game thing and shot and uh you know even if you're not in, you know ready to do it now you'll be ready someday yeah or at least you'll be in a position to be ready and so uh yeah i mean elk was totally out of my out of my league it's out of your wheelhouse man. <laughs> yeah you know before that all i'd ever really caught was some fish and uh and shot some birds so yeah that was that was a pretty uh daunting experience and then from there, you know, just trying to get into the mountain, you know, really trying to the most accessible big game with with deer, really, mm-hmm. just trying to get out into the mountains every season from there, and uh, putting in with all the different tags that I could. Which kind of leads to an interesting point. You've never drawn a special deer tag. No, I haven't. And you know, I, you've you've re- pretty much only hunted the same zones which I hunt, which is basically the D zones. Yep. Yeah, well, I was, so I was, after LA, I moved up to the Bay Area, and um, I was living in the, kind of in the Marin area for a little bit, and uh, the closest to me was just a straight shot east to the Sierras, well, the closest that I wanted to go play around in, at least. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Sierras are big. Sierras <laughs> are big, a, man. There's a lot of land out there. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, it's, it is, it's really hard to get away from people out there. There's times where I would be, you know, I felt like I was just walking miles in, and but you know, before I know it, somebody in a side by side would zoom by me, or even in a regular pickup truck, and it's just, it's tough. It's, it's it's tough hunting out there. There's a lot of pressure. You know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of deer, and uh, I, but I know there's good ones out there, and you see them every year. And there's people that do it, and they they have the time. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a normal human being. I don't have <laughs> right. I don't have days and days and days to spend in, in the wilderness and 
I'm lucky when I can get a long weekend and I can huck it out there and, and try to make something out of it. And it's just that's you know it's not practical to to get into something, but at the same time, camping for a long weekend is is pretty damn fun too. So right, just getting out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that kind of rolls into. At some point, you got married. Got married. Um, I mean, this is this is a, lo- a friend of mine. I even grew up in Hawaii with her, and we both ended up in uh, California at the same time, Southern California, and uh, eventually got married. When we moved up to the Bay Area, finally got married and uh, had had the baby, and uh, thought, man, life is uh, pretty rough with a one-year-old <laughs> running around that, you know, running uh-huh. around the house now. Uh, no family in the area, and um, uh, yeah, it would be kind of nice to go back to Hawaii and get and get that family back and, and get some help with just day to day stuff. And uh, so the year we said, yeah, all right, you know, what, let's let's consider this, and everything kind of fell into place. And we thought, all right, well, you know, it was pretty bittersweet. It's nice to have the help, and it's great to be back with family and, and my old friends. But I, I do miss California, yeah, quite a bit, and. Uh, but this, so this last, pretty much, I knew this was. Uh, I was just going to keep putting in, just to keep my points going. And I didn't want to lose the, especially the deer points that I had. And um, so I said, well, you know, this year I'm just going to do. I'm not going to be here. It's going to be tough to get back. You know, I said I'll just do point only for deer. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I said, yeah, what the hell? I'm just throwing oracopia sheep, and I'm, I'm never going to get drawn anyways. And yeah. If something spectacular happened, Random I'll, tag. <laughs> yeah, right. The the, right. the the single tag, the probably one of the hardest to draw. I said, uh, "Fuck it, I'll I'll just throw it in, see what happens." It's, you know, you never expect anything like it. And and I said, if something ever a miracle ever happened, I would make it. I would. That's something I would absolutely make work. Right. And then uh, we're talking about we're getting everything ready in line to move home, and I'm and I'm checking the website the day that the results came out. And I said, As everybody in California does, it's <laughs> like, a, crash the website. <laughs> nobody can actually get their results. Oh, and I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, this this can't be right. You know, yo, there's an error here. <laughs> this some this some, didn't work. Uh, this isn't right. Something's not right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I must be misreading something, and I just you know I turned it off back a little bit later double checked I'm like no it's still it still says uh, successful or whatever yes I said this, this can't be this is, this is impossible with how many points uh, six six points so yeah. you drew a tule elk tag with no points yeah you drew a desert sheep tag with six points six points on the year you're moving out on of the state <laughs> and you've still never drawn an X zone deer tag. Never got an X zone deer tag. Okay, just so we're clear on that. Right. So you're checking the website. Checking the website. It said this this can't be happening. Uh, no no way in hell. Um, let it settle in for a minute. The first person you know I, I text is I said Jake. You wouldn't believe what happened. He's like no shit. He calls me immediately. <laughs> He's like how did you do this? I said I, I don't know. <laughs> no, like, I, you're I, the luckiest I don't, man. I don't alive. know what's happening here. And he's like, "We're go- we're going, we're absolutely going. Uh, you know, we're going to figure this all out. We're going to make it work. Yeah, it's going to work no matter what. Whatever you got to do, we're 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 making this happen. Yeah. And um, and we made it happen. So. When did you end up moving back to Hawaii? So I I was I moved back in September. Um, 
you know, right around the, before, you know, in August, there's the mandatory orientation. Mm-hmm. There was a few things I was a little bit uh, concerned about. You know, I, I got to get a tag now. I'm, I'm, I was a resident, of course, when I drew, you know, when I went, when I bought the, you know, my tags. When you applied. When I, and when I put in. Yeah. Um, I was still a resident in the state of California when I purchased the tag. And so I clarified with the fishing game and, and got that all squared away that I, I was a re- legal resident for, through the whole process. Yeah. Um, moved back to Hawaii in September uh, and started putting as much pieces together as I could. I left, uh, you know, I have some family down in Southern California, so I was able to pack up a few boxes of things to leave behind so I didn't have to at least worry about trucking, you know, shipping everything out, which helped out quite a bit. Left your gear here. Yeah, as much as I could. Yeah. And, um, you know, took everything back else back to Hawaii and, and just spent the last couple months as really, you know, getting as prepared as I could, trying to, you know, of course get into a little bit better shape and trying to just do some regular local hikes and stuff and, and getting out to the range as much as possible. <clears throat> get some trigger time in? There's only a 100-yard shooting range, and that's the only public range in, on Oahu. And so without... Uh, well, super fortunate that you had a 90-yard <laughs> shot. <laughs> Everything lined up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like uh, the luckiest man alive. I feel like it. You should. Everyone says you better go buy a lottery ticket. I said my my luck's it's it's out. You know, there's there's no way. And uh, I've been I've been pretty fortunate. I've always had pretty decent draw. You know, of course the big game stuff in California, but I do a lot of duck hunting too. And I've always gotten decent you know draws and and in the lottery stuff and um, random you know just random hunts here or there and uh, turkey hunts and stuff and. It was just, how do you do it? But I put in. I put in, you know, every time I see an opportunity of something I want to try, I just put in. And, you know, there's the only way you're not going to get drawn, guaranteed, is if you don't put in. So, right. at the same time, it's kind of a, uh, I'm kind of the poster boy, right, of the whole deal because it's just living proof. Any, anybody can, can Anybody get can draw any right. tag at any given time. Right. And, 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 of course, you know, the majority, you know, there's people out there who've been trying to draw things their whole lives, you know, and they just have, you know, max points. Yeah. And I'm sure they're, you know, not too happy listening to the, some of this, but <laughs> yeah. it's... Uh, but that's part of the random that's, draw that's, system. That's part of the system. You know what I mean? And that's why it's in place. And, they, and it gets, you know, people like myself out there. People, you know, every Relatively new hunters. Right. Reg- you know regular, I mean? regular people. You know, yeah. I don't want to call myself a weekend warrior, but it's, it's. I'm not, I'm not like you guys. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a hunting guide. I'm not out in the field six months of the year. You know, I, 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 I can't have that. I have a regular job and, and you know, family and a young kid. It's not, it's not. That's not practical for me. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, that's the California experience. Really, you have those opportunities. I think there's a lot. You know, majority of the state doesn't even realize experiences like this even exist here you know right. there's, I, I bet I'm, there's got to be a huge percentage of the state that doesn't even know there's elk or, or sheep here period yeah. and let alone being able to hunt them right exactly exactly yeah. and to have something you know managed you know enough to keep these opportunities alive and through various funding sources or are we so fortunate to have a system that is managing and opening new units and closing units or taking away the tags for units when yeah the population right. needs to be controlled a little bit better right right and uh so that, that was one of the things at the orientation the sheep orientation we had talked about and just how how they determine who's who's getting tags how many tags which units and you know new unit opened up this year and and um 
it's you know they do a lot of, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of research and studies behind it and a lot of watching of the of the sheep and they can make that call and say let's let's do a couple tags here or let's let's hold off on this place and let it rest a little bit mm-hmm. so was sheep hunting ever like a dream for you or was it not even a blip on the radar because it was just not even possible i could say back in the day it wasn't a blip on the radar you know i would it is something that i would never even really thought of it wasn't something like i grew up saying that's what i got to do yeah. but um after learning about what it was and you it's know, like the pinnacle the pinnacle the challenge i mean right the I think that's kind of what's been the most um, draw for me was was knowing the uh, the challenge of the entire experience. This, this, I mean, the terrain that these things live in is absolutely rugged, and I mean, I don't even know how any species could possibly live in the desert, survive in that. It's it's the harshest conditions on on Earth imaginable, and and there's so much life out there. Yeah. So I mean, and, and a good example for you would be. So yesterday morning when you started out on foot in the dark, in the dark, hiking through the desert, then you guys end up hiking three or four miles Yeah. Uh, before you even get to where you're seeing any sheep. What was that like for you? Rifle and your, and your rifle buddy, you know, like the whole experience. It was, uh, it was nervous. I mean, I was nervous coming up to the whole thing in general, just were you nervous on your flight over? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been nervous since since, since the you summer. Drew the tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just wanting everything to at least just happen. And, yeah. Uh, you know, getting here was half the battle. And um, new job, of course, right? New everything. And so now I'm no vacation, nothing. Right? I gotta do make do Explain with what I have. Explain your work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not you have some ass nine tag in yeah. California that means fuck all to them. Yeah, right. They they don't they don't know what it means. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just getting everything to line up, taking taking my only window through through the holidays, Christmas to to New Year's, you know, and I mean, I was we were supposed to fly out Christmas morning, and um, you know that's kind of sucked with it, especially with the, you know I got a one year old in the house. This is probably the first Christmas she'll have any clue what we're doing, you know, and we would have been booking it six a.m. Christmas morning. That would have sucked. Yeah. Fortunately, I got out Christmas Eve. A day earlier which helped and um, kind of a last minute deal and uh, and that was you know that was nice I still got to spend a little bit of Christmas morning with my wife and baby and then um, got to spend that second half of Christmas in sheep camp <laughs> right which is pretty damn cool and once in a lifetime once experience, in a lifetime. right uh, yeah and then um, <coughs> that night first night in camp I mean it stormed it was cold it was rainy it was windy and it just absolutely wreaked havoc and it just it, it rained I didn't I mean I didn't I was I knew it was gonna rain and it rained a little bit on the way out but it dumped uh-huh Thursday is same all day Thursday just complete washout we you, you could barely see the mountain we, you guys we, were pretty locked down in that trailer. yeah we we tried to glass around for a little bit it didn't happen uh, she went to Chiraco summit had had some lunch had yeah. some uh, micheladas, which are pretty nice. <laughs> nice, because I, I mean, I was on my way down, and that same storm pretty much blocked me and put me on like a nine-hour detour to get to camp. It was a, uh, it was a pretty big storm. <laughs> so kept us pretty much in the trailer, uh, the horse trailer, um, at that for the most part. And uh, we did get a little window in the afternoon where it seemed kind of clear up a little bit, and um, 
tried to glass around and uh, we saw it. We had found a ram that day. Um, it was broken off on one side, so and he was by himself. So we thought, we you know, let's try to some, look somewhere else the next day and try to get on something a little bit better. Yeah. And then shot around a little bit just to make sure, you know, everything was still good with after ship, you know, traveling with the, with the rifle. And so so that night, I mean, the weather cleared up. You can kind of see the, you know, the stars that night finally. And that was pretty uh, you know, rewarding, knowing we'd at least have a shot on them the next morning. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the night I pulled into camp, and it was like clear skies. I remember looking out the back window of my trailer, or my truck bed, and looking up, and it's nothing but stars. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice and clear out there. You're close enough to a uh, civilization where you see the glow of some lights off in the distance, but it's pretty nice out there. So, the hike in... You know, you kind of touched on it a little bit. We went on a tangent. Yeah. What so, was going through your head? Uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement for sure. Uh, a lot of unknown. You know, not really having the experience. You know, my experience is sheep hunting is, you know, watching you know, as much as I can on, you know, different TV shows or whatever. And uh, But to never be out in the field sheep hunting, you only, you know, there's no way you could ever. Like, there's, I always said, there's, there's no way that there's expert sheep hunters out there unless you have a significant amount of money unfortunately yeah. or you're you're you know a hunting guide type of person who is is able to be on Dedicate multiple sheep hunts life. right yeah. right who's actually out there doing it not shooting them but out there doing it um you know that there's not a lot of opportunity out there for it and so there's very few experts in the in the uh so i mean it's it, that's that's you know it's good to know that it's not something that you can only be so prepared for it's not like you can train and practice for it you do the things you can trying to stay in shape and you know make sure you're shooting all right but it's pretty hard to be a sheep hunting expert i'd say at least jake's a sheep hunting expert. jake is a uh, sheep hunting expert yeah somehow he might even be above expert i'm not sure right i'm not sure what the right term is (laughs) yeah so Getting out there, you know, in the dark, it's uh, you know, you can still see pretty well. On the, and we took the we took the, uh, the quad as far as we could get it before the wilderness line starts, and uh, hopped off, parked it there, hopped off, and uh, started walking in. At that point, the sun's just popping up, and it's a pretty spectacular oh, it's sunrise. Beautiful. It is too. beautiful, yeah. And just being back there is uh, is pretty amazing. There's something to be said about the wet desert. Yeah, you know what I mean. The yeah. colors of it just look like it's still the desert, but still the desert. But the colors are so different because they're saturated. Right, right. It's, it, you know, it's, it's not green grass right now, but it's it's green. Yeah. And um, yet, amazingly dry for how much it rained the day before. I Isn't mean, that, that crazy? It's soaked up quick. How cool is it to look around though and look at all the mountaintops? Yeah. In the desert and see all the snow everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. When does that ever yeah. happen? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely postcard worthy for sure, right? So you guys kind of started hiking. Was the hiking? It was uh, it was nice. It it was it was the section we were in. Surprisingly, was was pretty manageable on the hunt in. It wasn't. I was expecting the worst. I yeah. was expecting you know just sheer cliffs. You know, 
quintessential terrible <laughs> yeah. Lewis Rock the whole way. Well, and that kind of helps, though, too, when you're expecting the worst and yeah. you get into it and you're kind of like, this isn't as bad as I anticipated. It was man- it was very manageable. And, you know, we stopped every hour or so and, and we're glassing when we could, it, which breaks up the, the hike in. And, and I don't know, we probably hiked in six, seven miles total, maybe. Yeah. And um, we ended up making it, at the end of the day, a huge loop on it, but... It wasn't until we reached the last... The end of the day. The end of the day. The last peak that we really could have on the range we were on when we really... That was the first ram of the day that we saw. Yeah. Prior to that, we saw one one ewe walking around. and uh, But we never saw anything other than that. Yeah. And, um, but the last the last peak was where we, where we saw him. And he was bedded down. And Jake was fortunately in front of me because I would have thought he was a big boulder. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Jake said, oh, shit, ram right here. Let's get down. And then, then Jake peeks over. Oh, yeah, it's Shooter. <laughs> get the, all right, let's take a look. And then Jake peeks over. Oh, shit, it's, only, it's not even 150 yards. All right, all right, we're, 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 we're going to look at this one. <laughs> yeah. He sets, up the, he sets up his spotting scope, locks in on it. You know, I'm laying there trying to get comfortable. I, I mean, it, everything lined up to be the most uh as as com- you know <laughs> easy and easy. epic experience as possible <laughs> it's uh, I, I just can't even believe how well everything lined lined up to make everything happen to, to get even just from getting uh, of course drawing the tag right but getting all my things in line with the move getting back here getting everything to fall into place um seeing you know a nice big ram on the first day and um watching him he was he I don't know he must have had some clue we were there because he would look our way every once in a while but he didn't know and he was uh he was still he stayed bedded down we watched him for about an hour and he would doze off and his head would drop to the ground and you can tell he was just passed out like like an old man at, you know after after Thanksgiving dinner in the, in the lazy boy in the chair lazy boy. his head slouched <laughs> and uh snoring then he would get up and chew his cut a little bit look around took two naps like that you know a few minutes at a time and and then you know I, I'm, I'm laying there prone trying to just watch him through through my scope waiting seeing if, if he ever jumped up at least try to be ready and that was you know at least the most uncomfortable position I'd been in for a while <laughs> right and uh watching for a good hour and then at some point he caught he caught us in the in the area and he knew we were up the hill and he just instantly watched watched us for a few minutes and then something changed he just instantly stopped chewing you could see him swallow and then just dead still stared right at us probably another five minutes no way and uh you know nobody moved and then all of a sudden he stands up and i'm thinking i'm waiting okay turn you got to turn he just walks straight towards us not not a fear in the world it was curiosity probably more so than anything just right to us and he's only at 150 you know not i think it's like 140 yards at that moment and now he's walking even closer to us and i'm thinking oh shit you know this is a he's i'm just waiting for him to turn he's just walking right at us never never just never turned and uh gosh he must have been close he must have been closing 90 yards finally when he turned on me and uh and uh, and I was able to, to get a shot off. And how'd that feel? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty exhilarating, you know. I mean, it 
this. I mean, because you had the full experience. It wasn't like a pot shot. Right. It wasn't a quick. You know what I mean? And and there yeah. was the only pressure started when you guys came over that ridge line and looked right. down and saw that. Right. Shoot. It was. Uh, it, it was amazing just to watch this thing do his thing. You know, for as long as we could, as close as he was. You know, I could peek out the side of the scope and I could see what he was doing. Yeah, with your naked eye. Right. I mean, it was close and. Uh, it was just fun to watch him and, and for him to not really know we were there he was just doing his you know regular regular sheep life yeah that sheep life <laughs> he was all about it <laughs> when those things sleep there you know he's just putting his horns around right on the ground it's, it looks the most uncomfortable position he can't really put his head it's not, like yeah. not like he can put his chin down he's, he's, it did not look too comfortable but he was he was happy he was sleeping he was sleeping that's what counts right yeah. So when you guys, you know, you shot the ram, it ran a little bit and dropped. <laughs> yep. And you walk down to it, and you're walking up on your first desert sheep of your life, lifetime hunt, lifetime opportunity. <laughs> you know, what was that like for you? It was, uh, you know, there's there's so many uh, things going through your mind at the same time. It's like before you even can take the shot you're just making sure that you you at least are taking the right shot you know that's the last thing you want to have to go chase the mountain through the mountain after something that you just heard and you, you know and uh, to, to to know that I had a good shot on it and it and it I mean it didn't last more than a few seconds before he before he basically went down the hill I mean that it was it was rewarding of course to know that I didn't hurt you know I have to now go you know chase something that's not feeling so good Right. Um, so that that was a nice rewarding feeling, and then you know being in the country that you're in, it's pretty already uh, pretty uh, inspiring. And um, I mean, you know, the last six months of or you know a little bit longer of just putting all the pieces together, it's been you know it's been stressful just trying to make it all happen. It's just everything, instant sigh of relief, you know, success quick success I only had you know I didn't have many days to do this yeah and um, I mean nothing it, it couldn't have gone any better it, I guess I guess smoother would have been hunting it you know seeing him on the first day but that would have been no fun because <laughs> you know that would have took it you know got a lot of fun out of it but just it, it, it couldn't have gone any smoother yeah yeah and of course you yeah, have some of the best guys you know in the business doing it too and so How did you enjoy the pack out? It was brutal. <laughs> that was probably the worst part about it, you know, because it was a gnarly adventure <laughs> down those wash bottoms. The wash, the wash was the roughest thing that we walked in all day, and and just getting off the mountain at first, it's all loose. Um, that was what I kind of expected most of the hunt to be uh, like, you know, but getting off the mountain and then into the wash, you know, how many how many like not you know dry waterfalls did we have to walk down to get out of that thing? Like waterfall cliff face. <laughs> I don't know how you guys booked it up there so quick. We were motivated. Yeah, yeah. Jeff and I had a goal, and it was to get up there as fast as we could. That was that was the, probably the roughest part of the day. Really, was getting out of there. Heavy packs. Uh, you know, fortunately there was four of us to get this thing out of there, and um, uh, you guys got pretty good. Uh, not only was everybody in pretty phenomenal shape, but it's the uh, it's uh, there's a lot of balance involved. Yeah. When you're stepping on rocks and uh, you know I wouldn't even 
imagine that Jake is walking out there pretty much like a sheep. He's <laughs> the guy can step on any rock. He's not slipping. He's not rolling his ankles on anything. You know, I'm pretty clunky out there. Yeah. He's he's just well, those boots that he uses as scarpa boots are top no- top for, notch, right? Top for walking line. on rock, you can't beat it. Just having the right muscle memory and the right you know a balance. There's a lot of balance involved. Yeah, and then heavy pack. It was a long, it was a decent walk out. I mean, it was probably a good three or four miles out of there. Um, And, of course, it got dark as soon as we got into the wash. So now we're walking in the dark. Headlamps, you know, can only do so much. Yeah. And there was a goal to get out of there as quick as possible. And and when Jeff Raleigh is pretty much (laughs) leading the group, uh, it was a... uh, Dude, he doesn't stop. (laughs) He doesn't stop. It was a... For anything. It was a very brisk sprint out of there and uh, just making sure I kept up was was the fun part yeah he's uh, he's on, on another level himself yeah just moving yeah he like dances across the top of the rocks like they're not even rocks I know he was talking about how just all of this actually plays into his skateboarding and I, and I can see how just you know vice versa how just having that that level of endurance and, and like I was saying the balance Ability. yeah and the, yeah. just the balance and you know taking a fall on a skateboard and trying to run it you know being able to kind of walk it off a little bit or you know run it off and before you fall you know for someone like me I probably just roll five times <laughs> yeah hit the ground hard you know this is it's different uh, you know different muscle memory for sure right so do you think that you'll I mean now you've gotten a taste of it do you think you're going to try and go get a rocky or a stone or a doll or? yeah you know it's uh i like the challenge of it i like the experience of it i like just the whole journey and being on i think one of the things i always said to people is about hunting is i i actually really enjoy the preparation of it you know i like the ritual the ritual i like you know getting you know i'm i create my i have a list of things i need things i have things i'm you know i'm gonna go maybe something i need to go buy and just putting all everything together i love you know trying to plan out and uh just the entire process of it the whole journey up to the hunt is is like for some reason very enjoyable for me and uh so i mean i would love to keep hunting you know, in Hawaii, there's actually a decent amount of hunting opportunity as well that a lot of people are not, uh, I think, really familiar with. But there's quite a bit out there. And so, uh, yeah, just trying to keep keep moving forward with what I can. These, the sheep hunts are not uh, not easy hunts by any means. And, and to uh, expect similar results would be <laughs> uh-huh. an injustice to what we just had. So, What is the challenge for you? You know... Like in your head, what is the challenge? Because that's, to me, that's where most of the challenge comes from is is the games that we play in our brain. Yeah. I mean, the challenge is, is I mean, everything, right? Making it happen in the first place is, is extremely challenging. And then uh, getting, you know, uh, yourself in, you know, physically fit to be able to, to actually get up there and, and make it happen. That's the last thing you'd want is to and be, be comfortable doing right, it. Right, right. The last thing you'd want to do is to have to somehow get to the top of the mountain and you say, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Or, you know, oh my, I got too many blisters on my feet. It's just the preparation is, is, uh, the challenge. I, you know, that's why 
that's kind of what I enjoy. And then, of course, just, you know, when you're finally in the field and making it all, all your hard work that you've been working towards, at least, um, come to fruition is, that's, really, that's a reward at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And the memory of it, you know, this is something you're never going to forget. Ever. <laughs> well, and your buddy came out with you, too. Yeah, so this is my, uh, my wife's cousin, and he's a, he's a big hunter, too, and as soon as I told him, he was like, I'm there. The tag. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on it, you know? Yeah. I don't have a lot of hunting buddies, so it's, the few, you know, the ones I have that I know are all about it, uh, those are the ones I made sure I let them know. Yeah. So, overall, what was the experience like for you from, you know, getting to hunt with your buddy and getting back to the truck last night after the pack out? It was, you uh... Know, like, where are you at today internally and spiritually? You know, I think I'm still trying to let it all settle in, you know. Yeah, course, it usually takes a little bit. It's almost, you don't, it's it's almost hard to know what 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 just happened even, you know. It's still, um, I think it'll really settle in for me when I'm finally back back home, home, you know, all the way back Six in Hawaii. Yeah, you know, and uh, am able to just kind of really take the time to reflect back on everything that just happened. And, and I love looking through the photos on my phone and, and you know, it's, that's going to be probably the best thing about it, for sure. Uh-huh. Memory is something I would talk to my kids about, you know. And like, well, yeah, you get a shoulder-mounted cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, I'm going to pedestal-mounted, and I'm going to keep it low so, you, you know, you can walk around it and take a look at this thing, and it's, I'm going to have it forever. I got my Thule on the wall, and that thing is... I've had that Thule on the wall even from the days when I had a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> in, really? in Los Angeles. You know, it pretty much pokes your eye out when you walk into the when you walk into the apartment. Do you feel like either of those two hunts, the the sheep hunt, and obviously, like we just said, it might take six months to settle in. Um, but do you feel like the Thule elk hunt might have changed you as a hunter? Yeah, internally. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I think I think there's a. Uh, it, it helps with some of the confidence, right? I mean, knowing that okay, I've 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 been able to go through, you know, some of the the quality top notch, <laughs> you know, the best hardest hunts in the world, you know, to at least draw wise in the world, hunt. Uh, it's almost a monkey off your back early, uh-huh. and, and it kind of just lets me, you know, focus on the you know the small, <coughs> not to say the smaller style of hunt, but the. Uh, I almost don't have to say like, well, I got to get this. I got to get this. And this is my career goal. You know, it's, it's kind of, I almost feel like I've already cheated death and completed the, you know, accomplished the impossible. And it kind of just lets me focus on, um, maybe a little bit of the simpler tasks and the fundamentals, which I, which I need anyways. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a reverse course. I would say of somebody's probably somebody's normal hunting career where, um, you know, you spend your whole life getting ready for something like this, and then it, and this just caps it. Versus starting off, you know, with it, and uh, and then really just, you know, I would have to say I got a huge head start just with the amount <laughs> with the amount of knowledge that came my way through the hunts, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, do you feel like having a guide and someone that that's kind of there, and because you're fairly new to hunting, oh, which yeah. we've already discussed. Um, has benefited you in more than just the hunt experience and your your overall ability as a hunter. Yeah, I mean, and what I'm, information you take into oh, the field yeah, when you're by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like I'm 
when when especially when I'm around you know Jake and your guys selves, I'm was just constantly asking random questions, you know, any question I can possibly think of and just, um, you know, what would you do scenarios or even just the, you know, show me how, show me how you would properly, you know, measure a sheep, you know, this, the, the fundamental things or, you know, the basic things to have somebody so experienced, you know, so much experience around you. It's all stuff that, you know, you can learn and pick up along the way, but until you see it all happening firsthand, you, you don't, you don't really ever know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much knowledge there that's, that's shared for sure. And what do you think is one of the number one things you've taken back into the field with you? Um, you know, glassing is one. Uh-huh. <laughs> glassing is very technical. And, uh, I, I mean, still, I could probably pass up, you know, an animal pretty quick for a while glassing. And, and to see the eyes, you know, Jeff had, Jeff had pretty good eyes out there this trip and Jake too and just how quickly they're able to lock in on something um, that I probably overlooked a few times and then just asking, you know, what's your method? What's, what's your procedure? What, do you, what are you looking for? Why are you looking there? Um, where do they, you know, where do you typically see sheep? Where, you know, where, where are you at these, this time of day, this time of year? Um, that's, what's that's, the specifics? Uh, that these sheep were not necessarily that we were looking at. These were, you know, wintering grounds. Yeah. And this. Oh, I mean, like, those are the type of questions you're oh, asking. Oh, yeah, yeah, now. very, like, yeah. What yeah. are your specifics right. for what you're doing? Right, right. Yeah, like, I'm asking Jake, how do you pick apart a mountain? Yeah. You know, through behind your glass. Are you are you find, finding a ridge and you're following it? Or, you know, what are you doing? And Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good knowledge there. Right on, man. From the people who do it <laughs> every day, right, for a living. Yeah, it's easy to get a lot of uh, opinions, you know, online. There's everybody's good. got an opinion. Everybody's about an expert, right? Dude. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's, yeah. you know, got their own. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's good there's good information on online as well. But it's um, <coughs> so it says something to learn to learn firsthand from the people that really do it right? that are in the field, right? On, yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is a normal day in the job field for them. So, yeah. Yeah. So in every podcast, there's a dead eye question, dead eye outfitters or uh, an apparel company. Some people get really confused when they hear the word outfitter and they think guides and outfitters and outfitted hunting camp. This is outfitted in your lifestyle, clothing, your daily wear, hats, t-shirts, hoodies, you know, they just came out with some really nice new jackets. I love their flannels. They're, they're like, hands down, one of their favorite things that they make is the socks. And people probably hate hearing me say that because it's, like, <laughs> regurgitated in almost every episode when I talk about Dead Eye stuff. Uh, so, for you, then this is the Dead Eye question. So, for you, going forward as a hunter... What are you going to do to bring better conservation to the table? And it doesn't, and I don't mean like for individual species or for anything, but for you individually as a hunter in the field and a a new hunter, right? Right. And you're learning the ropes and you're getting to learn a lot of really cool stuff. What are you going to take into the field to help the next hunter and, and to further conservation efforts? You know, conservation is a funny thing. It's, um, that's, that's, that's a tough one because 
you know, I feel like, you know, most the majority of us are not out there, uh, you know, no, out there poaching, right? We're not out there taking, at, you know, all, the, all, you know, unlimited game. I mean, everything is so well. Illegal killers, right, wanting right. waste, breaking I mean, wanting waste laws. The, the great majority of us are not out there doing that, which in a very, very small sense is, is conservation, right? I mean, yeah. we're looking out for the future. Um, you know, it's always easier for me to relate to things like that to fishing, you know, where, you know, you, you can go catch some species of fish and catch your 20 fish if you really want to versus not, you know. Hunting's not really like that. And, you know, lim- bag limits are really limited. And, uh, um, you know, so then things are essentially conservation-wise is kind of there already in, in, in a small sense. And then, of course, there's a large aspect of conservation, you know, financial, right? There's always somebody that you can donate money. You could join an organization that, that does support certain things. I had duck hunting buddies who ran, you know, you know, different local chapters of, you know, duck, ducks and all yeah, that. things like that, and and um, cow waterfowl stuff or whatever, and um, you know, going to <coughs> going to the dinners and stuff. You know, that's that was a good way of kind of bringing back for duck hunting. Which buying you, coolers, buying buying things. You know, there's always a percentage, even of just you know, you're purchasing your licenses that that does go back into the field, and yeah. I don't know the numbers behind any of that, but I know the majority of it is a lot of it is. I would know the majority of funding. I would have to believe is definitely the private side of you know financials, yeah. Which is hunters, really. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, biologists donating money to the, <laughs> you know, Wild Sheep Foundation. I'm sure. I think the majority of it is is the hunters who want to keep the species around, you know, to keep things going, to live the culture they want to live, the lifestyle that they want. Yeah. And, you know, to see things around for their children, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, taking care, you know, of the land that you're on. You know, we're not just, you know, trashing the place and, you know, littering. You know, keeping the beauty of the environment. You know, I think that's a big part of conservation. Uh, you know, and, real, and then really the respect for the animal. You know, we're not, I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm not out there trying to, all right, give me the, give me the you know, give me the rack. I'm out of here. Um I mean, you guys, you guys thought it got a good kick out of it. I kept the liver, the heart, the tongue, yeah, the cheeks. Oh, I'm, I mean, <laughs> yeah. believe me, I'm, yeah. I'm, I totally understand keeping the liver and the heart. I've yeah. done it in all my, in almost every deer and yeah. elk I've ever killed. You know, that's why I was, you know, make sure you pump that heart out. Yeah, you get all the blood out. You know, we need to put that on ice immediately. We need to preserve it, rinse it out, change the water, continuously draining the blood out of it. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's all really part of the conservation, you know, because if, if, if you, you are only going to have one, this animal, your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm keeping as every bit of it that I possibly can. You know, I plan on, I did the shoulder mount, so we caped it. I'm going to tan the backside just so I can have the, you know, something, you know. Kept the nutsack, too. Yeah, I kept the nutsack. I'm going to make a little coin purse, hang around my neck. <laughs> Put some uh, Jerry Garcia ashes in it, like right? uh, half baked, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> Isn't that a great movie? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just just you know, taking every bit that I can with me. I think that's part of big part of conservation. Uh, what would you tell new hunters that are trying to get into hunting? You know, yeah, you just. As a new hunter yeah, yourself, I mean, and that's why I'm asking. For one, put in, you know, you got put in, the, put in the tags where you know, um, 
you know, I did, you know, of course I did as much research as you could possibly, that I, you know, I could only do so much, right? And, yeah. But do the research that you can and um, just put in because if you have these opportunities, you know, you're not going to let it, you're not going to pass it up. You're going to do everything you can to make it happen. And um, did you ever think about returning your sheep tag? Maybe for one second. Maybe for one second. <laughs> With the move, it was you know, just too much of a daunting it, task. The, the move to try was to make it all work me. together. Yeah, yeah. For a, a split second, I thought maybe it, maybe it's the smartest. But I said, never, no way. I'm never gonna. This, I'm not gonna get this thing again. There's no way. Yeah, I so, think you made the right move. And you know, it's gonna back you up on that. <laughs> the last thing I would want to do is you know draw it in my 80s when I can't get up there anymore. Right. And uh, to still have my youth about me, you know, I'm only in my 30s, and just feel like I'm in, you know, decent shape. So that's what you tell the new guys: is just you put, put yourself in. out there for, yeah. for one, you know. Yeah. And uh, if the, when the opportunity is there, you're, you're, you're going to make it happen. And then, of course, just you know, spending spending time in the field as much as possible. I mean, the more you're out there, you know, there's a lot of things you'll learn trial and error on your own, and. Right. Uh, if you have mentors, great. I mean, that's where you'll learn the, the best, you know. But there's a lot to be said about trial and error, you know, learning things the hard way. I'm stubborn. I learn the hard way. Hard-headed? Yeah, oh, yeah. I have to, <laughs> I have to screw up I five. I bet your wife loves that. <laughs> I have to screw up five times before I really, uh, you know, can make, make start making it, remember and make the right decision sometimes. So, so get really getting out there and, and putting yourself out there to, get, to put, get, have the opportunity in the first place. Nice. Yeah, it's funny. You know, there's a lot of people out there that told me, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put in. I'll ne- I would never get drawn. I'll never draw that, so right. why would I put in? Right, why would I ever try that? Oh, okay. Cool. Make it easier for us then. Make it easier for you to draw with six points. <laughs> exactly. Or no points for Tulio. Sure. I mean, it, and, and the sheep thing, I'm sure people draw with, you know, lesser points than I have. I think there was probably a few this year that I thought I might have heard of where guys had, you know, less points than myself or, or, or even close to where I was at it's, it's, it's doable yeah it's possible right or Jeez. I just got a freaking screaming Cal ID number <laughs> go ID number that you're about to auction that fucker off huh? <laughs> I'm not gonna lose I'm not gonna give that up <laughs> somehow the number system likes it put in for Rocky Mountain yeah, now yeah yeah right yeah I don't know I was joking I don't know if there really even is such a thing as a you know California slam the California Big Game Slam or well, something. California is actually one of the only states. It is the only state where you can get an entire elk slam. Right, that's true. We have all all three species of elk. That's true. Yeah, you know, uh, or a joking, you know, calling it California Slam would be to get you know get your antelope, get a nice mule deer. Yeah, yeah even tail. a blacktail, right? And yeah. then um, blacktail would be just as nice. And, get a black uh, bear. Black bear would be cool. And then all three species of elk. Yeah, and a desert. Yeah, would that be would that be the California Big Game Slam? I would think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's maybe a lion, but I don't know how doable that is. Maybe one day. One day. I mean, that's that's there's a lot of you know that's there's a lot of big game here that I think for sure that a lot of people are not really experienced with. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any concluding thoughts before we wrap this up? Still trying to let it all settle in. This was, uh, I mean, for one, I never, I absolutely couldn't, you know, just to think I even could have done this as a DIY hunt was out of the question. 
you know, you have, even if you brought all your buddies out there, you, you got to have, I mean, it's, it's doable, but to get a good ram, you know, we're, we're thinking this thing's close to 170. Um, it's, 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 you got to have the right guys. You got to have the right team with you to really make something like this happen, happen well, successfully, specifically when you're on limited time. You know, of course, limited experience. Um, it's 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 the right way to go. Yeah. And and then you know having the right help is is key for sure. Yeah. So of course, thanks to the whole Kika team. And uh, Jake, so Jake was awesome on this one. And uh, Chris, Jeff, and yourself, and and if, and a couple local boys showed up to help out, which is pretty cool. That too. was pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was super super rad. They cooked some good food too. They cooked some good food. Heard some uh, good stories, and uh, I heard that after I went to sleep last night, there was some really good campfire stories. <laughs> I was kind of bummed that I missed them. You know, there was a, a pretty good blind story, and uh, I'm pretty sure I saw his story on an episode of Cops. One. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny though. Pretty funny stuff. Yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He has a, he had a pretty good head about him, and. Uh, cool man how can people look you up do you have a social media do you have an instagram you know i'm not big on social media it's not my thing good i keep it i keep it pretty simple keep it mellow keep it low key yeah i'm not fuck uh, people to be honest i don't even own a computer at home good for you (laughs) i've got a work computer that i leave it you know when i can't leave it at work and i don't even own a computer besides that so i used to not do social media for a long time and then i think in 2016 i like picked it back up after being off it for four or five years yeah that's good it's got it's great for certain things and uh you know for myself for a lot of it though yeah. it's just fucking garbage man yeah, there's it's like 90 percent garbage 10 percent friends and family yeah you know there's if there's people i want to stay in touch with like you know i give them a call <laughs> how many people do phone calls these days none <laughs> i like it dude sometimes we'll get phone calls and i'll be like i'm so excited to getting a phone call right now sometimes i get phone calls and i say oh shit i'm not answering that <laughs> i know it's gonna be a long one yeah yeah well right on man i appreciate you know i know you're stuck in the truck with me when we're driving out to go get the the ram checked in and everything like that you know but i appreciate you being willing to come on the podcast and talk about your experience and you know you are the, one of the luckiest guys in california even though you've <laughs> moved to hawaii <laughs> Oh, I'm about to lose my resident status here. Also. Hey, you got it done while you were here, so that's all that fucking matters, right? I did, that's true. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, right on, man. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.